Are you sleeping? You're that fucking high, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> hey, it's it's our technically our 420 episode for the year, so that's what's happening, all right? <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> Alright, let's do this before I actually do fall asleep. Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast where myself... Renee Sanchez and my good buddy Max Lion. What's up? Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place it on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine April 18th? Although this episode is being released on the 19th, which is the day before the 20th. Of April, the fourth month. <laughs> well, that that already right there about sums up how both of us are doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, how I am at least. Yeah. You know. Uh, I I am unfortunately out of my stash, so I have switched back to our default for the podcast for um, alcohol. We should probably take drinking out of our podcast bio. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but then that requires, I mean, we haven't even ad, we haven't even posted anything in our Instagram in like months, let alone. Yeah, that's my bad. Like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's trouble. Like I, I barely ha- can figure out how to type three sentences for like episode descriptions when it's time to do those. I'm just like, ah, fuck! I gotta come uh, up with three sentences right now. I'm honestly surprised you haven't run out of ideas, of things to say in those yet. I would have, like, I mean, I am a writer at heart. That's you know? true. It's just, that's true. I'm a, I'm a creator. This so is we'll- this is my outlet. If I didn't have this, I would feel much more pent up and as if I'm not doing anything with my life. But having this makes me feel like I'm doing something with my life, even if we're not, even if we're two of like the five listeners of this episode, of this show. Hey, that's even. all that matters. We got to listen <laughs> to it. it. We might as well enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I figure. You know, it, it to to put out a podcast that no one listens to, some would consider a a fool's errand. You know, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is what it is. Speaking of fools, we watched Fool's Gold this week. A movie starring a couple that we've seen before by a director whose movies we've seen before. Um, we have? I mean, I recognize yes. his name, but I don't remember which movies he's done. We go over it every time we do one of mm, these movies. Mm. We will again. That's right. That's right. I remember now. I'm looking at IMDb right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We've done all of these. Never mind. Yeah. Let's go into the stats. Uh, Fool's Gold. Is a 2008 American romance or American action comedy romance film from Warner Brothers Pictures about a recently divorced couple who rekindle their romantic life while searching for a lost treasure. The film was directed by Andy Tennant and reunites the How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days stars Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Mm. I always forget the U in McConaughey. I oh, I'm like yeah. whenever I spell his last name, I get everything except the U. I forget about the year. Yeah. But anyway, um, Andy Tennant, of course, uh, directed Fools Rush In. So not a, this isn't a, this is the second Fools movie he's directed. Um, he also directed uh, Sweet Home Alabama, and he also directed Hitch. That's so, right. Which did you recognize the her? Um... Who are the chefs on the yacht? The two, the two guys. I didn't recognize them. I just thought they were funny. The more, I don't even know. Did they? Did we ever learn their character names? One of them is from Hitch. Is my point. 
um, the more vocal one of the two. The one that was always okay. giving her shit and then talking shit about Matthew McConaughey and then eventually turning his opinion around and saying how mm-hmm. jacked he is. He's from Hitch, and I only know this because that one little bit part from Hitch is burned into my memory for some reason. But it's that scene in Hitch where they do the speed dating. He's the okay. speed date uh, moderator. Okay. Yeah, real fun, trivial knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've gone back to the tasty tidbits from Max there. <laughs> I don't know if that one was that tasty. <laughs> yeah, it tasted like something. <laughs> no, <I'll tell> you <laughs> um, and the movie also stars Donald Sutherland, uh, Ewan Bremner, Alexis Dzienia. D-Z-I-E-N-A. Yeah, your guess is as I'm good assuming, as mine. I'm assuming that's Gemma. Um, yes. And it also has Kevin Hart um, and Malcolm Jamal Warner. So, some familiar faces. Uh movie was released February 8th of 2008. So, right around Valentine's Day. Okay. You know. And then, um, it ran... It was 113 minutes long. It, it's it's a bit of a long one, but that did seem a little long. That's that's always the case with these like action movies, though, because there's a mystery that has to be solved along with the romance and everything else. Um, Which does make it seem a lot more fast paced than most rom coms. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think you know it well enough. Now I'm gonna have you guess both parts of this. Okay. How much did it cost? To make this movie. Ooh, okay. 2008. We got Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, both of which have done big movies, so they're probably pretty pricey. Mm, I'm going to say... Oh, shit. We got the yacht in there, too. Oh, this is probably a pricey-ass movie. I'm going to say $35 million. Well... I can tell you that you are halfway there. Holy shit, really? It costs 70 million American dollars oh my to make this film. God. 70 million to make this film. Now, granted, it costs 50 million to make How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So it's it's okay. about it's about the same budget. But yes, seventy million Jesus. to make this film. How much did it make in the box office? Um, hundred million. A hundred and eleven million. Wow! So couldn't even get to two times. Uh, if you take into account marketing, this probably didn't even make it back to net even probably a slight loss on this. And for a movie with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, that's a big loss. If you're not making money back. What did they not include marketing in the budget of the film? No, that's afterward. Oh, damn. Yeah. So that's why they say if you make two times your budget, you're basically breaking even because they put almost as much of the budget into marketing. Oh my God. So yeah, it probably didn't break even. Yeah. Fuck. Um, and then uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, this will be good. This film, out of 147 reviews, has what score? 14%. Mm-hmm. 11%. Oh my God, it still was too high. You are close. <laughs> Oh my eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes for Fool's Gold. The critics consensus with little chemistry among the performers, humorless gags, and a predictable storyline, Fool's Gold fails on every level. I wouldn't say humorless. We were laughing. <laughs> yeah, we we did. We did laugh. But um, the rest of that is very accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> uh, 
Let's see. So, Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian wrote, Matthew McConaughey, whose continuing Hollywood, Hollywood career deserves a separate chapter in any future book by Richard Dawkins on the non-existence of God, <laughs> is reunited for this rom-com caper with Kate Hudson, herself uncompromisingly abysmal in everything. <laughs> God damn! Peter Bradshaw had no more time for this bullshit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, James Christopher of the UK Times wrote a ghastly romantic comedy about a race to find a 17th century Spanish wreck full of treasure. The film is completely dead behind the eyes. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Derek Adams of Time Out gave it a three out of six. Uh, which is technically a positive review, according to Ron Tomatoes. Uh, Derek uh, said, I succumbed to the very occasional charms of this fair, good-natured rom-com adventure and left the screening in quite a good mood. I'd say that's, I'd agree more with that one, simply from yeah. a personal standpoint, at least. Yeah. Well... First off, how'd you feel about seeing Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson back on your screen together again? I felt good. I liked seeing them, which I was pleasantly surprised to discover. Yeah, I mean, starting it off with like the old like uh, it felt very old, old timey setup where it's like the 1930s and 40s where it's like, you know, husband can't act right and be a man you know yeah and the, and is getting divorced by the woman who's fed up with with it and the boys charms were cool at one point but now they're no longer cool yada yada it, it just felt very old-timey 40 like old school movies and i was just like all right we know the setup very well and then just yeah. putting mcconaughey and hudson into it it's like Okay, so it's gonna be attractive and old timey. Um, I mean, that's a good. That's as good a setup as anything else. It's, Honestly, it's, it's just it's like familiar. It's comfortable. I was like seeing them reminded me like I'm, I I trust what's gonna happen now. Like I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Like I'm ready for this. My expectations aren't too high, but also I trust you guys. Like lead the way. Yeah. At the same time, I don't know if they really rewarded us for our trust <laughs> um well they looked good um they looked good the whole movie looked good i wrote this um the live tweet that i put out for this movie where i wrote there's a lot happening i know absolutely none of it except that the water is really pretty to look at oh god dude I like and that I, was it. I seriously want to go to like Florida Keys now. Like I really, yeah. I can't get it out of my head. I really want to go somewhere tropical. I'm dying to go. That may like, be I don't know. quarantine talking, but I don't know how to swim at all, and drowning is probably my biggest fear. And even then, I wanted to go to the like to the the shipwreck. Like I was just like, oh my god, I want to touch that sand that's like 15 feet below the surface of the water. That's like vibrantly white and yeah, perfectly visible through this crystal clear blue water. Yeah, like when he was like at the beginning of the movie in the shitty boat that burns down when he was sucking up all the sand or whatever trying to find the little bits like that like looked really cool as hell just like clear water like everything else didn't, just, didn't oh. you just want to like be him and like put just like stick your hand in the sand and just feel it through your fingers yes you know one like, million percent oh yes. god and surrounded by that warm water where you don't even need a wetsuit to dive in yeah like fucking like i mentioned to you when uh, when they figure out that it's on the other side of the bay or whatever the, where the treasure is, and then they fucking uh, jump in and do a midnight search for mm -hmm. the Aurelia. And it, it's like, they don't even have to contemplate like putting on like a big old wetsuit and staying warm at night because it's that warm there. It's probably still 78 degrees and the water's still warm. Oh, 
and they could just jump in that bitch at midnight and like and then go and then go fucking scuba dive because it's that clear yeah. with the moon providing enough light let alone the flashlights they have yeah that's the mind-blowing part is that it, even at night the water is still clear enough that you i mean granted it's the water we were seeing while they were diving was probably a set but mm-hmm. either way like we were seeing some of those establishing shots from above the aerial views and you you really could see every detail down on the surface beneath and it's like even at night you can see that clearly that is fucking beautiful dog it was just like i mean the real star of the movie was the ocean dog. oh my god yeah oh my you know god I'm saying? all the colors like, it was the water, the water. You know what i'm saying it's the waves you know what i'm saying <laughs> Poseidon, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the real star of the movie. Poseidon, look at me. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was I was singing. I'm on a boat. Poseidon, oh, look, look at, at me. me. Yeah, now I get anyway. it. Anyway, now I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> caught that. I'm sorry. That's okay. on me. That's okay. on me. No, no. No, no, you you'd have to travel with me on my in my in my thoughts right now, which it's, are it's because quite unpredictable. It's because so, we're not we're not linked with weed right now. That's the <laughs> yeah. problem. Like I I took well last year on our actual four twenty special where we watched Harold and Kumar, you were the one who was high and I was not because I I did not have anything. So now the tables have turned for <laughs> a movie that honestly. As I said when we were watching it, it's a lot more 420 friendly, even though it's not explicit, like explicitly so like Harold Akuma was last year. This movie's very 420 friendly where you just like if you get high and watch it, you don't care about a, a lot of the plot holes and yeah. like the dumb scenes. The whole father daughter relationship that they're trying to salvage, that whole thing doesn't make sense at all they never even but, resolved. don't really care we don't care about it for one single second because you're already high and you're just like the water is fucking pretty exactly <laughs> it's like watching the fucking uh nature channel or planet earth or something it's like yeah you can kind of tune out all the like petty drama that's happening in the foreground and just keep looking at the scenery because so much of the movie is literally on the ocean like it's not like a few establishing shots of beautiful water and then they're they spend the scenes on the island no they're like Mm -hmm. the whole time they're out on a yacht or a boat Mm -hmm. and then you know they're they're out there with uh uh with donald sutherland donald sutherland who i love who legend weird accent yeah put on a weird accent and like everything else uh i mean i don't know like he was cool i guess yeah wasn't like (laughs) anything really super noteworthy but i mean it's donald sutherland he's fantastic and the way he handled his daughter was hilarious too because i mean (laughs) just i don't know I, i don't know like there's the one scene where he like was talking shit about her mom like and after like Writing a check and basically telling Jeff, just like you and your mom, just know how to fucking get money out of me, and then expecting that not to hurt her feelings, and then talk shit about the mom. Just like, well, I mean, what did I expect? She obviously only left me for my money, and it's just like, and then of course she defends the mom because the mom's the one who's actually taking care of her, like, not, like most of the time. It's it's just like, what yeah. is the seed like? How did how did you expect that to go well? Like I don't, and that but their relationship salvaged after this treasure hunt. So you know, was whoa. it? Did we ever see that their relationship was salvaged? Like they didn't ever really. Well, no. When he goes out to like go save Tess, and then like with Mo and everyone else, she says, "I'm worried about you." Oh, but that's that's supposed to be the whole yeah. All right, that makes sense. There's a reason this has 11% in Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, guys? Yeah. Like, let's, yep. <laughs> like, but 
if you go 420 friendly with it, you just ignore the oh. whole storyline and you just keep looking at the water. The water's really pretty, guys. The water's so pretty. You don't even need weed for it. Like, I was drinking and I was, oh, just, oh, God, the water. I want to be in it. I want to be surrounded by it. I want, like we were talking about, I want my problems for the day to be being stung by a jellyfish. Like, if that's my, if that's my week, if that's my problem... That's okay. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Yes. <laughs> and then I, um, I wish that there was more made of the crush that Gemma had on uh, Ben Finn. Yeah, that seemed like a total missed opportunity. They could have developed some sort of massive jealousy with Kate Hudson, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that seemed so uh, obvious. Like, I mean, like, like they cast who they casted, like they cast who they cast, but she definitely like, she probably was over 18, but she definitely didn't look over 18. And so I get why they didn't go too far with that. But if they wanted to go further, they could have gone further if they had like cast someone a little bit better and someone who's a little more mature looking. Yeah. Or, or even, yeah. even if not, even if she is just a teenager, like they c- still could have had scenes where she's like in super infatuated with him, you know, or like swooning mm-hmm. over him kind of thing where it's not reciprocated or anything, but it's obvious. And maybe like Kate Hudson's character is like observing this and deep down inside yeah. getting jealous. Yeah. You I know? mean, they just do the little bit parts where she's just like, she's like, you know, respect your own intelligence sort of thing. And like, yeah. just like little offshoot things and then and then somehow they've developed a bond and it's just like you know i i was kind of i was i mean i made the joke about wedding crashers where like ben was gonna end up getting tied up like vince vaughn (laughs) (laughs) and then she was just gonna be there on top of him it's just like part of me kind of wish they did that like like what what shit what fucking Kate Hudson goes into the room and thinks she's talking to Ben. And like she's mm. like, I just wanted to kind of tell you how magnificent you were. I wanted Gemma in there. <coughs> or like I wanted Gemma to have gone in there, and then all of a sudden they hear the knock, and then Ben's like, hide in the closet, hide in the closet, sort of thing. <laughs> and then and then basically maybe then uh, uh what Tess like says all those things. And Ben's like, oh, all right, well, thanks. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, hey, you know what? Go up to the thing. I'll, I'll meet you up there, sort of thing. And then, you know, but then also because Gemma hears that, she realizes how much Tess still loves him and, like, in the whole thing. And so then maybe that's when Gemma pulls back from her crush. Or maybe that's when she starts acting a little more jilted crush, like, sort of thing. Yeah. Where then she starts being mean about things. And like kind of a, a, a bitch about things. I, I don't know. There were ways to go about all of this. Point, and they just went yeah. nothing. Point is, is there were plenty of other options that I feel like they didn't choose. And they like even that scene, for example, she walks in, gives us that little monologue about her feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one's even in the room. Like, yeah, because he he had taken the sword over there to try to square debts like a dummy. Yeah, that's fine. But as a plot device, like that is the most lackluster option you went with. She's just and talking to an empty sudden, room. whoop de do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a new guy gets introduced and then he kills one guy. Like, yeah, that was weird sudden, too. That was like, that felt like a rewrite rewrite during the movie where they're just yeah. like, this villain doesn't see like Kevin Hart as big bunny as like the villain. Like, they didn't know what to do with Kevin Hart in the movie. Like the fact that Kevin Hart's in the movie one, he doesn't play Kevin Hart, which we see in all his yeah. successful movies. Like Kevin Hart does one thing, be Kevin Hart. <laughs> like that's all you ask of him. To and, do. and you and give, if, and if you ask him to do anything other than be Kevin Hart, it's just not going to be as good. And you, and give, that's what happened in this movie. You give him right. a name like big bunny, like, that's that's totally like a Kevin Hart name. Like that's totally a, a name yes. that Kevin Hart would run with and like forcibly mm-hmm. 
reinforces like, no, yes. bitch, this is a serious name. Stop, stop making fun of it. I'm serious. Yes. Like that's a yes. Kevin Hart thing to do. And he didn't do that's it. What he, that's what he would do in 2018. But 10 years ago when he was a nobody, like he was, yeah. just, he was going, to, he was probably told to play it like this. He was trying to be a little more of a serious actor, a little more respected with it. So he didn't make the like choices. He wasn't more himself. Once he got to be the star and like know that he was the star, then he was free to make those types That's of choices true. and you know bigger swings. But there's like they you obviously played in the script and with the casting choice, you played this for laughs by calling him Big Bunny and like everything else. But then when you actually got to the movie, then he was this serious cold blooded killer. Yeah. And then you didn't know which way to go with it. So then you end up killing Malcolm Jamal Warner and bringing in some random white dude who then like who, who is, then dies too. So Yeah. Who who like is it's not a hundred percent sure whether he works for Big Buddy or Big Buddy works for him. And then it ends up like he ends up becoming the the second henchman along with the, the other dumb one. Who we see, never see again after like they catch him in the when he thinks he's rich and then they have the shotgun and catch oh, him in the yeah. water and then we never see him. Again. Where does he go? Like Big Bunny's dead, but what happens to him? I guess he's alive. I, I, I mean, mean, they probably just pulled him up onto the boat with him and took him ashore and I don't know, turned like, turn him into it, the authorities. I, I don't know. Yeah, and it's just like. And you know, never do anything again. And when we, when we have our ships here for another two, three months after the credits rolled, and we pick up all this <laughs> treasure to then open our museum, don't you dare come around us, or else, even though you know exactly where all the treasure is now, and you can totally have your own boats over here and try to grab some of it in order to grab some money for yourself, don't you dare! Like obviously, they had to off them in some way. They had to do something. <laughs> I would have, I would have loved that treasure. I would have loved to see those two. I would have loved to see what was his name. Um, what were those two henchmen's names? We've got Cordell, is Malcolm Jamal Warner. Okay. And Curtis. No. Oh, it is Curtis. Cyrus is the bad dude. Cyrus is the yeah. Cyrus guy that comes in at the end. Yeah. Okay. So Cyrus is the guy that comes on and kills Cordell and takes his place. Yes. And Curtis is yes. the one that's screaming at the end saying, I got, I got, I'm rich, I'm rich. I would have yes. loved to see Cordell live. Cordell and Curtis, I would have loved to see, like, not necessarily switch sides, but, like, the moment Cyrus is introduced, both of them realize that they're obsolete and they've been replaced. Mm -hmm. So they feel jaded and spited. So they, like... Again, not switch the, sides, but the, like get revenge, which means helping out in a way, you know? Yeah. Like it, it felt like, like it was kind of going in that direction anyway, where they're like, that's the more comedic stereotypical way to go about it. You know, like when he drops the rope after her, when she's in the hole yeah, and then curse is like, throw it up sort of thing. Like if you have Cordell there as well, Cordell could be the tie-breaking, like, when they both have guns pointed, and then all of a sudden you hear the third gun click, and it's Cordell pointing it at Cyrus. And maybe even play a little bit, like, Cordell keeps taking Cyrus's side when there's arguments between Cyrus and Curtis and doing, like, little things. But then when it gets to the blowhole and getting that rope back again, Cordell finally sides, like, with the other team, yeah. yeah, because he's sick of Cyrus's big bunny shit. And if you still want to kill him off, maybe that's where he dies. Like he dies, like killing Cyrus. You know, like they shoot each other or something. Like he prevents mm -hmm. more killing from happening. You know, he sacrifices himself, but, kind of thing, or, or whatever. All of the stuff that we're coming up with adds another five to ten minutes to the movie. That's already. Yeah, it's too long. Yeah, but there was a so lot of just... there was a lot of scenes like that though. Like for example, going back mm -hmm. to the one we just talked about with the uh the bedroom scene where she walks in and it's just an empty bedroom. It seems like mm -hmm. that there were several of where it was just like why did we just see this scene? Like it feels like you chose 
this scene, you had an idea in your head of what you wanted to, to, to shoot. And then you didn't write a script for it or you didn't like tell the other actors that they needed to show up on set that day. It feels like all those scenes were like half done. Like they were missing pieces yeah, I mean, and stuff, you know? That's how they decided to show that Ben wasn't on the boat at that time, that he was on land about trying to go talk to Big Mike. Yeah, that was a dumb way I to mean, show it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's all about choices there. Um, you know, just... But the water is really pretty. The water is pretty. The water is pretty. Uh, you mentioned how similar this was to Romancing the Stone, and I agree with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is totally – this is – actually, this, I, has... this is like um, uh, Jewel of the Nile. No, no. Jewel of the Nile is its own special kind of crazy. This one was more Romancing the Stone. This Was it, you think? Th- yeah, this was Romancing the Stone because, like, Romancing the Stone created a whole – like backstory that they stayed true to the whole time. And this movie created a whole shit backstory that made no sense. And I have no idea what it meant, but like, it's just like they just sat around and read and fucked in a library for months upon months in Spain. They literally just like went around. Sounds pretty probably fantastic. Like, like eat, like, they're reading stuff in Spanish and translating it to English, trying to find this treasure. And then when they finally like make some, like find something, they get horned up over like the intelligence of their partner. So then they start finding a place to fuck inside of that library. And then afterward, they either like read up some more or maybe they're just like, man, I'm kind of hungry after the fucking, maybe we should go get some like paella or something. <laughs> so they find some like street paella and they like share it. And then maybe they fuck again and then go back to the library. And then that was their life for like two years. And it's just like, what? What in this? What is this world that you have created? It's just like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. It's just batshit crazy. Just like Romancing the Stone, where it's just like, oh, this novel writer all of a sudden barely avoids death because there's a fucking guy named the Butcher trying to kill her because her sister had a husband who knew of where the fu- this fucking jewel was in the in yeah that was a weird ass backstory too and then they go yeah. on an adventure together and they bone the whole time yeah and then they fucking bone and then the second one they just talk about well they had a good run <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's, the that's all they say things. through the second one is, yeah well, have the second one they're just like well they had a good run <laughs> oh my gosh and both movie well. Jewel, no, actually, I thought the first one also had some tits in it. I don't know the first one. The second one had a ton of boobs. Did Jewel it? of the Nile. Yeah. Are During you... that dance scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Well, I was, I was more so comparing the, I was comparing the, uh, like, ridiculousness of Jewel of the Nile. Like. Well, yeah. Like, just the <laughs> amount, the amount of times that we were saying, like, what the fuck are we watching right now? <laughs> See, I feel like Jewel of the Nile played with like a religious jihad and somehow a guy walking through a stage on fire and dancing in front of a bunch of people and thus signifying victory in a way um, because he was like a was messiah so that, that appeared back on his holy land. While Romancing the Stone had alligators eating people <laughs> and fool's gold has a really powerful blowhole that a guy gets pushed through and dies. God. Yeah. That's like, fucked up. So I feel like romance of the stuff, like it's just like weird, odd ways to die. And then religious jihad. Like there's, <laughs> there's a separation there. So I feel like romance of the stones, the more, yeah, yeah. Of the two. yeah. And the stuff that we were witnessing in this movie was certainly a little more real world than most of the shit that happened in Jewel of Nile. Jewel of the Nile. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing that's imprinted in my mind from that movie is the jet scene. 
That's still the thing that I take away from that movie. Uh, the fucking jet in the middle of the I, desert, <sighs> driving through the goddamn city. Like, what the fuck? Golly. <laughs> I, I'm so glad we watched those movies. Me, me too, dude. I am me so too. glad we watched me those too. movies for a podcast. Because, like, watching those movies just to watch those movies, I would have been pissed that I wasted time on it. Mm-hmm. Watching it in order to then review it on a podcast was one of the funniest times <laughs> to ever have in life oh my gosh man well what do you think was the kiss of this film fool's gold um shit that's a good question we don't really have a final kiss we have the ribbon cutting but we don't have a final kiss yeah i mean the final kiss the big climactic kiss is the one that they share in the plane when they're not sure they're gonna land yeah uh but I personally like the one, the first kiss that we see them have since their divorce, which is the one in the, in the church. That's yeah. When, that's kind of what I was it, leaning towards when they, when they bang it out for the first time yeah. since. Yeah. That's, I, I would say that that's the kiss. Cause it's just like, that's their whole MO. Like that's the whole joke between them. The sex is really great. And that's what, you know, and like everything else. So it's just like, you know, if that's if that's how you want to play this relationship, then your most passionate kiss has to be the kiss of the film. And that's the most passionate kiss, like the one that they're almost like going through each other. They want to just kiss each other so hard and get get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, they finally I would give it a solid. Uh, go ahead. They finally like succumb to all the pent up, you know, mm-hmm. emotions that they've been holding back. I give it a B for bone (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i'd give it a b like it's not it's a good kiss they're both very capable actors at kissing they're both very attractive yeah kate hudson is cute as fuck and and in this movie she looks damn good everybody's so damn tan i'm so jealous Agreed. <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey's nipples were fucking brown. That's how tan he was. Like, mm-hmm. God, I want to. I want to go down to Key West. I really do. I'm gonna come back tan. <laughs> I mean, what happens after ever after is kind of shown there, and I want to talk a little bit about it. First off, how does the Ukrainian dude who Sold out Matthew McConaughey at the very beginning of the fucking film. <laughs> like, it is just brought back, says the most horrible shit, yeah. talks about getting prostitutes, and somehow ends up with Gemma. Yeah, that was the weirdest part. Where just suddenly at the last, the final shot of them all together is at the ribbon cutting, and he's just off to the side holding her in his arms. It's like, they're, they never even hinted at that. I don't know movie. if they said a word to each other. No. They didn't exchange a no. glance. No. Not at all. What the fuck is that? Yeah, that was yeah. really strange. And then there's, yeah. Um, they also call the museum the Fitch Finnegan Maritime Museum. Is Fitch Finnegan like Ben's I that, dad? Like, I think that's their last names. Well, Finnegan is Ben's last name. So, like, Ben and Tess are the Finnegans because Tess married her. Oh, yeah. Who's Fitch Finnegan? It has to be, like, hang Ben's on, hang dad. On. Oh, it's Moe. Moe Fitch. Moe. The, uh, oh. the Australian-sounding... Okay. Uh, okay. So, it's his last name, and so the two that get their yeah. last name on the museum. Which I liked him. Sure. He was he was decent. He he was funny. I thought he was a funny character. He he was a good time. Um, he <laughs> he knocked out Ben at one point. How many? And you brought this up. How many times did Ben get knocked out in this film? Jesus, not just knocked out. How many times did he get knocked out in the head? Like he got yeah. hit in the head. So many times this so movie. Many times. How like he is on concussion leave for his the, the rest of his life. The cricket bat one. The cricket How bat the fuck would have did fucking he survive the cricket him. bat one. He got the cane to the head from Kate. He got or Tess. 
I should say. He got which the, was hilarious. Which was fucking hilarious. That was an amazing yeah. scene. She just quietly, like, coolly, just hey, can I borrow this? Takes the cane and slowly walks over to. Come on, come on, Tess. You're not gonna hit me. Wham! Right yep. in the fucking right in the kiss. Yep. That was hilarious. Yep. But like, yeah, I feel like you could do a drinking game to this movie for how many times he gets hit in the head. Oh yeah. Like he, 100%. I, I'm willing to bet it's more than I could count on one hand. Yeah. Like CTE, 100%. Yeah. Jesus. That guy, <laughs> that poor dude, man. No wonder why he's clinging to Kate Hudson's character. Like, he doesn't remember who <laughs> anyone else is. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I mean, I think that they. <clears throat> they're still together they're raising that kid the kids are oh yeah really she's pregnant in the last scene yeah i i don't know i i just feel like you think they're still together yeah because like i feel like she, the they're both crazy but they're and, each other's crazy crazy yeah yeah, that makes sense. But I you, feel like they might they might have remarried again. So like, I know that they got married. Like he asked her to marry him again, and she said yes. I feel like they get married that second time. They do get a second divorce, and then they get remarried a third time. <laughs> so I do think that. Then they make a Jewel of the Nile movie. <laughs> well, we had a good run. We had a good run, guys. So I. The, uh-huh. the thing that bothered me was yeah. they never really – they didn't do a, a, at all a decent job of showing us their dynamic. I mean, okay, I take that back. Not the dynamic. Their romantic relationship outside of what they've done in the past. Like we get a lot of establishing stuff to tell us about how they've been in the past and – you know, what kind of people both of them are and all that stuff. But then throughout the course of the movie, we have a couple tidbits here and there of them kind of, I guess, falling back in love, maybe. But they don't focus on it at all. Did you notice that? I mean, the idea behind their relationship is that it's just one of those, like, they can't explain it, can't deny it sort of loves. I mean... The the thing about their their love is that it's born out of this admiration for each other. Like whenever they actually bang, it's because they're in the archives reading shit and like learning shit and discovering like new way. Like whenever they have a like new step to like this treasure map or whatever the fuck, then all of a sudden they're super horned up for each other and everything else. Like their whole relationship is based on their admiration for each other and not necessarily about who they are as a human being. So we don't necessarily learn about them as a human being because they're not looking at each other as human beings. They're just looking at each other as really smart people that makes them horned up, whatever they do really smart shit in regards to trying to find this treasure. That's true. But even on like their time on the yacht, like we don't see a lot of like, we don't see a whole lot of direct interaction between the two of them that is isolated from the treasure hunt, I guess. And I don't know how you would necessarily do that, but I guess I I'm thinking of like rom-coms where you have like, um, you know, you have, you have the big daytime scenes where they're treasure hunting. And then there was the nighttime scenes where there were plenty of opportunities where they, they could have had a little more intimate moments, you know, where we get to see a little more detail about, why they really do like each other or how they really do behave around each other besides just boning. This movie's already an hour and 52 minutes. Well then take out some of the unnecessary (laughs) shit. (laughs) So what's your verdict for the film? Um, well, considering I've seen it a couple times by now, uh, I got to at least say, uh, begrudgingly that it's a fuck. Yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. It's worth, it's worth seeing once, like you said, with a certain caveat. If you're inebriated, it's better. 
Um, if you go into it with low expectations, you don't expect a lot of storyline or a lot of like deep thinking, then you're fine because the scenery is totally worth it. <laughs> the water is totally worth it. <laughs> Yeah. It's just, it's a fuck for that. Like, just watch the yeah. water. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I fuck it as well. It's, um, it was cool to see once, uh, as it, it had the same energy as Romancing the Stone. So it's just like, don't be sober for it. Let it wash over you and just kind of be like, I, what am I watching? Like there, I pa- we paused it at one point because I said I had like I had so many thoughts in my head that none of them could come out. So I had to like we had to pause it so that I could then like say all the thoughts that were in my head, and I had like seven. That was because of uh, Gemma Honeycut too, because we were just that was because of the fucking the hat scene. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, where he catches the goddamn hat, and that's his introduction to the to the Honeycuts. It's like what the fuck is this and yeah so yeah fuck the movie watch it once <laughs> just like and never think about it again give give it some excuse tell them that you're gonna go get coffee and you're gonna bring them back one and never bring back the coffee so, <laughs> what? so then well and then if you don't bring coffee then they're not going to want to be like looking back at it like, oh, well, they're cool. Like, I'd love to see them again. They're going to think this motherfucker lied about coffee. I don't ever want to see him again. So then he could really be out of it after you've done fucked it. <laughs> oh, the coffee is like the morning after coffee after you fucked yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. you. No, I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like now that you fucked it, then it's just like the morning after, just be like, hey, I'm going to go get us some coffee. And then you never come back with the coffee. So now they're just pissed about you not bringing back coffee. Like, not only did you like hit it and quit it, but then you lied about bringing coffee. <laughs> so now they really are mad at you. And that's going to make them less willing to try to find you and want to see you in the future. Or they'll try to find you just to destroy you. Depends on you got to be careful about who your one night stands are. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's basically the creation of Jewel the Nile is the yeah. wanting to find him. Anyway, this analogy is falling apart. <laughs> I, I, I'm far too inebriated. Let's go to the big finish. You can find our socials on Instagram. At Bromancing the Stone Podcast. It's all one word together. Bromancing the Stone Podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at Bro the Stone Pod. That's B-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-O-N-E-P-O-D. And then on Twitter for me, uh, I'm uh, at Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So S-U-P-R Market Sweep. And on Instagram, I'm at Relusa88. And that's R-E-L-U-S-A-8. And then Max. <laughs> On Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram, you can find me at the Lion Arden with a period. D H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. And on Twitter, you can find me at the Lion Arden with an underscore instead of a period. There we go. Boom, bang, bang, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> All right. So it's my choice next for a movie. And guess what? What are we doing? I've done no previous research for what I want to do. (laughs) I have no idea what. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah, this is the first time that I'm in this like. Did you uh no. did you want to do the um the like review that we were talking about before? I mean, we don't have to do it this week, but if you want to talk about well, it, and, like get... honestly, I feel like that's a 100th episode special. Oh, you want to do it for like? I think about it. What are we up to now? Like 60 something? This is 71. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 100th episode. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, man. So to fill in anyone who's paying attention at this point. Uh, we were originally talking about off air 
doing some sort of special review episode where we we dedicate the entire episode to instead of watching a movie, we go back and we review well, we don't review, but we discuss the the previous episodes that we've done, the previous recordings yeah. that we've done, and we talk about which are our favorites and like all that stuff. Yeah. Basically a retrospective. Yeah, retrospective. So yes. That's that's what we're gonna do. And I feel like that would um, that would also be good. We could even open that up to audience too. Like if people wanna like write in and tell us, you know, what their favorites were, have us review a certain episode again, kind of thing. Cause like we were you and I were talking about like now that we've done this, what would it be like to look back at like Hitch, for example, the first episode? Now that we've done, you know, if we're thinking about doing the 100th episode, after we've done 99 different movies, has our perspective changed since how we reviewed it in the first episode? That kind of stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I have found the movie that we're going to do. Oh, boy. What do we got? it is connected to this one is it the next movie that director andy tennant made after this film we're doing another andy tennant movie okay yeah it's called the bounty hunter i've never seen it what uh but it stars gerard butler and Jennifer Oh Anderson. my god. I do remember the fucking artwork for that movie, like the 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 marketing stuff. I remember the artwork as well. Like I don't but I never ever once thought about watching it. I've never what seen it. What the fuck not? Let's let's just keep it going. So we're gonna do another Andy Tennant movie, The Bounty Hunter. Speaking of so. Andy Tennant, fun fact, he's actually from Chicago. Of course, because all good people who do films are. Yeah. Which is awesome. So, yeah. All right. Well, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all and we thank you for rocking with us. And we will catch you next week. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh.